Download the app, Bet Big, Win Bigger. And I got to tell you, I really like the sound of that. And with WinBet, it's just that easy. WinBet has what you need to win. So if you're from Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, sign up today to receive this special offer. New users can take advantage of WinBet's bet $25, get $50 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. Download the app, bet big, and win bigger. Let's get after it. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. Welcome to the Greenlight Podcast. Cowboy. Mm. First off, you're going to hear a little bit of fun from Kyle and Chris. Then you're going to hear a bunch of in-depth NFL trench talk from Kyle and Chris. Then you're going to hear a whole bunch of fun and NFL trench talk from Chris, Kyle, and Lane Johnson. That's right. We talk Eagles, Linval Joseph and Ndamukong Suh's impact, the leadership of Jalen Hurts, how Nick Sirianni has seemingly turned this team around, and Jason Kelsey's anger levels. We're going to start things off the Thursday night time machine. Macon and Chris have submitted their picks. I will read them. First game, Buffalo versus Detroit. Chris says, Buffalo 30, Detroit 17. Mm. Macon, Buffalo 34, Detroit 26. <coughs> Dallas and the New York Giants. Chris said, Dallas 26, New York 20. <coughs> Macon said, Dallas 24, New York 19. Mm. And now Minnesota versus New England. Chris said New England 21, Minnesota 17. Macon went Minnesota 23, New England 10. Those games in the books. Macon went 2-1. He is now up 7-2 on the season. Now let's get to the show. Y'all enjoy. Opt outside. REI says opt outside on this Black Friday. Go outside. Don't spend your day inside buying things. We're Getting not trampled in a fucking Best Buy. Yeah. Or Amazon shopping. We don't need that. But that's what happens if you go to Best Buy or go to fucking J. Crew or CVS on Black Friday. People Any are out mall? in droves. Yeah. Why would you do that? Also, all these people are, are going on uh, Thanksgiving night. It's like starting early. It's stupid. Go outside. Opt outside. REI. They kind of are though, Reed, because they they're in line for hours outside. Yeah. Like they're seeing the stars. Well. You know. What if? But some of these people are in line inside the mall. What do you think? Right. What are the places that bring out the absolute worst in people? Airports and Best Buy on Black Friday are my DMV. top two. The DMV. No, I think people are pretty orderly at the DMV. People Man, sit there fucking. We quietly. don't go to the same DMVs. I think. Uh, what DMV like a home- do you go to? You're, you're, uh, <laughs> I got to the Stanton one. I was oh, say, I, I love the Stanton one. That your privilege giving, is showing. Yeah, yeah. You're giving people the, our secrets. Yeah, you know, like, good. It's a quick drive. You get to go Skyline Drive. Shout out to the people at the DMV. And you drive right past Waynesboro and go to all the No, I go to Waynesboro. Yeah, that's the, wait, why are you going to Stanton? You, there's, there's <laughs> the secret bathroom is not good enough for this guy. No, I go to Waynesboro. <laughs> So you were trying to you oh you I conned didn't want, myself. You didn't want to give out the secret. I conned myself, but now that I look dumb, yeah, I did go to Waynesboro. Next time we go to the Waynesboro DMV. So everybody needs a secret DMV. We've talked about like a secret bathroom that That's like true. is in, in a football facility. How every was there one in Chicago? Probably a, yeah, a yeah. one that like one secret. where you go be alone, right? Everybody needs a secret DMV. You know, like it's a county over, it's two counties over. Lines are shorter, people are nicer. So next time you you go to the the Waynesboro DMV, people are going to hate you, bro, behind the line, dude. Because all of a sudden it's going to be populous. Mm -hmm. 
there's like a bunch of farm use vehicles like you know you see the the tag farm use in yep. the parking lot i'm like this is what, where i want to be yeah no it's good dmv anyways yeah i people on black friday it's terrible it really who even wants to go shop in person you got to see people you got to make small talk Brick with the ones and mortar. you know. What is this, 96? <laughs> yeah. I, you ever heard of Amazon? I think that was Belk? 99, right? You want me to hit Belk on the way? Circuit yeah. City and a fucking... You still spe- shop at Red Redbox? You know, pick up a <laughs> lava lamp or two at Spencer's. Go pick up a movie at the 7-Eleven. Oh, Redbox. The, the candy was so good out of the at, um, at, at Blockbuster, bro. The candy yes. at Blockbuster. My God. It's no different than, the, you know, if it were at the gas station. But it's just the fact that you, you're bringing home uh, Con Air on VHS. And, and a bag of Skittles. Or sour ropes or some shit that sour I would never eat ropes. any other time. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's get it wild. It all just seems better when you're in the movie store. I know it's like more I convenient now, but going to the movie store was fun. You know, there's a big uh, there's a big movement right now. Remember the vaporwave aesthetic on YouTube where it was like... Uh, vibey uh one room you know for three hours the new move now is revisiting places that give us uh nostalgia that, that nostalgic feeling where oh. like it would be like the the blockbuster at barracks road would be you know somebody could 3d do that in the metaverse and you can go walk through Dude, there not the metaverse let's but let's, that's what it that's let's set up let's set i know but i want real life you want to re- recreate it yeah so what i'm saying is i'm going to set up a fucking I'm going to buy like a farm right outside the city and we're going to 3D print a bunch of stores that I really enjoy going to <laughs> when I was a kid um, and just things that like, so you're in the blockbuster, like you, there's people walking around, there's actors walking around with the fucking, with VHS tapes and shit. You're basically like, I yearn for the 90s, man. I don't know if it's the fact that we were just kids like and being 13 hero was easy or whatever, times. but you know, now we can't even have a conversation without Siri listening and shit. Look in a phone book. That was cool. How about just looking at books in general? I think I'll call this guy. <laughs> Finding numbers in phone books was a blast. Yes. Like, oh, you, you got to scroll through X amount of names. Think Finally about, find the person you're looking for. You're like, damn, there's seven there's Tom Johnsons here. Yeah. The way and it has their address. But this one's T H O M. The way the way people are now, we're so guarded with for good reason. Fuck, uh, hand up. Like I don't want to. But you, you used to just have your name and number in a phone book that anybody could buy on the street. Like people could call your phone at two a.m. <laughs> and some people were just sent the phone books, right? Like yeah. you're yeah, registered you were registered in the free. county, you got them for free. Yeah. Yeah. For, you bought the, uh, did you buy the yellow pages? Right. That was what it was. Ah. You get the phone book though. So you're a bit older than me. I didn't know the distinction we, there. We should go get old phone books and just call people and, and be like, hey, if you don't pay us a certain amount of money, we'll give other people these phone books. <laughs> 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 Their privacy has now been. I, I just, I'll just post your fucking number on the internet. So people got the you. same landline and shit. Nah, we, let's get phone books and sell them to telemarketer. Telemarketer. Uh, <laughs> physical phone books. <laughs> send them boxes. Of- I saw yeah, that- dude, honestly, you've got an idea here, Reed. I, just, I mean, it would suck to some people who are still in those phone books, but... I saw Untapped a, market. I saw an historical code break the other day. I was watching Back to the Future, and Marty McFly rips the page out of the phone book to take the address with him. See, I don't know, because I was a kid, and I didn't make the rules back then, you know? You're not allowed to deface, defile a phone book? Well, it's like it's there for everybody at the payphone. The best moments in a sports fan's life are in football season. I'm not talking about September. I'm not talking about the first week in October. I'm not even talking about the second week in October. I'm talking about when it gets colder, the temperature drops, the games get bigger, the hits get harder, and you can curl up and watch some meaningful football. I like to do it with a Miller Lite from the fridge and a cold frosty mug from the freezer. Frosty mug, meat, a cold, beautiful can of Miller Lite from my fridge. That's teamwork. We come together, we can make a great play out there. And the, and the best play to make on a Sunday is a nice cold Miller Lite and a frosty mug at home. That's my favorite thing. Maybe a fire in the fireplace. Yeah, now we're talking. But Miller Lite, it's an original and it's more than that. It's been a fan favorite since 1975. The best part, no matter how your team plays, 
Miller Lite is always a winner. The perfect beer for Sundays, I gave you the, the hot tip. Having that frosty mug is a lot like having home field advantage. I mean, like, it just makes everything better for your boy and your boy's friends who file in every Sunday to enjoy cold, ice-cold Miller Lite uh, at, at, at my house. I mean, we have a lot of people over, and I got to have the Miller Lite stocked up. A lot of light beer cuts back on the most crucial ingredient, flavor. Just 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12-ounce serving. Miller Lite, quick on its feet, heavy hitting on flavor. No wonder it's been MVP from day one. This football season, enjoy the sweet taste of victory with Miller Lite, the original light beer. Find it pretty much anywhere beer is sold. Go to MillerLite.com greenlight for delivery options near you. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. If you're here in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, and you haven't tried the WinBet app yet, I have great news for you. Sign up today to receive this special offer. New users can take advantage of WinBet's bet $25 get $50 in free bets. WinBet is basically giving you free money. Don't turn that down. Don't pass that up. Download the WinBet app today. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. Chris and I are about to do an explanation on stunts and games, and we had a good talk with Lane Johnson. One thing he talked about was not getting too much width at tackle, and we hear the game, the the term games a lot, and it's stunts. You know, it's like routes being run by receivers, but for defensive linemen, and you can speak to that. But what they're trying to do is get us off our spot and uh, free up usually a, a free runner, a free hitter on the quarterback often eliminating a guy from the rush. Mm -hmm. So be, being the team player in the, mm -hmm. in the pick is the guy that's going to go pick the tackle's hip so that the end can loop around. Um, really great players can pick and get home. Yep. You yep. Talk, who's great at that? Uh, you know, I, I, Aaron Donald's pretty good at getting skinny and getting somebody's inside shoulder, a tackle's inside shoulder, and coming free on a TE. Um, depends on how you call the, the game, whether it's a Whoever goes first. So if, if the tackle picks the – if the defensive tackle picks the offensive tackle, it starts with a T. So it's a T-E. The second letter is who's coming around free. The, the, the stunt or the game – actually the game because stunts are actually like – stunts are more, hey, a stunt is like a run stunt. Crossing yeah, face. Yeah, like crossing face. Like a pirate stunt is a multiple man – uh, stunt where two guys are crossing face in the run game and if it's pass you get the opposite shade wrapping to, to replace the edge right and if it's a run play you're going to stay in your gap right that's a pirate stunt as, yeah. as it pertains to the opposite shade um, so there's stunts that are run game stunts there are games that are pass game games and like yeah the main two are a TE and an ET Tex, easy and obviously the first letter of the game denotes who's going to penetrate and as a defensive end I always run, wanted to run ETs when I was young because um, I wanted to win like I'm an artist right like I want to I want to do my art mm -hmm. you know I don't I don't want to I don't want to run a TE and be the looper guy and have to act because acting is being the wraparound guy you, you you're often as you get older you realize it's easy work you're the benefactor if you've got a good penetrator uh, and, and part of that is, as an end, if, if the tackle's running a TE, he's going to run into the inside. Dad used to always get on me about this. He's like, tell your tackles to pick, run a pick tough. That's what they called it. Yep. And it was, it's like peeling bananas. You know how many times you said? It's like peeling bananas. But it's all about getting that tackle's shoulder uh, so that he can't come off the game and sort it with the guard. And so when you wrap around, that guard's going to be trying to block the tackle, right? Yes. And then I'm going to come off uh, underneath that guard in the A gap and make the play. So if I'm a, if I'm the end and there's a TE being run, I might often be the benefactor. And I also, as a young player, would get frustrated because I feel like I'm not doing anything. But what you are doing is you have to set the tackle up so that he turns and he sets you 
to allow the pick, which means you got to act a little bit, and then you got to become a benefactor, which is hard for a bunch of alpha males to say, okay, I'm going to be the rapper on this thing. I'm going to be a team player. I'm going to be a team player. I'm going to wrap around. Like, I want to win a, win a fucking rush. It's the same thing rushing, uh, you know, as a tackle when the end is the penetrator. That end is going to chip the or pick the guard, and that was oftentimes what happened to us, you know, you, you know as an end. And we loved ETs, even if they were like pick ETs because you got the tee off on the guard, right? Like the, you guys always got the tee off on us in protection. Like I'd be engaged with the tackle and some big 330-pound three, three, guy would Trace come and just would come fucking lay me you. out, right? Like, and I'm not looking. So my recourse is I'm going to run a pick TE and I'm going to ear hold the guard. And if I do that well and, and, the, and the tackle does a good job of acting, we might both come free. You see what I'm ET. saying? Well, yeah, and I'm about to talk about the first ETI experience in the league where I was like, oh, fuck, that's why they do it. We were in Detroit my rookie year. We were playing against, and Dominican Sue was right over me on my outside shoulder, and outside of the tackle was Willie Young. Yeah. And Willie Young was very good at gamesmanship when it came to, to it was. twists. Yeah, He would set them up with long limbs and, and the threat of uh, the threat of speed is what sets up a tackle to be beat yes. on on an ET. Yep. So I'm playing right guard. I have Sue over me or whoever the three tech is. He will show me a fake rush to my inside shoulder, yep. shoulder, which will occupy my That's eyes. That's important. And the my tackle's got to step down inside to bring the guard down inside. And once I go down, my eyes and hands are on the defensive tackle. That's when Willie Young, who's out there winning an Oscar, is going to take two steps and rip underneath, big rip underneath that tackle who feels like Willie wants to rush upfield. Now the, the, the offensive tackle is carrying a defensive end down. Yeah. He's between the guard and the tackle, yeah. and Willie Young gets a free shot on me. And my rookie year, I got off the ground, and my helmet was literally sideways on my head. Like mm -hmm. I was looking through my ear hole, mm -hmm. like in the cartoons. And because. Uh, 110% of my focus was on, oh my God, I have to block this big son of a bitch in front of me yeah. who has been killing me all game. Yeah. And they set these games up that we talk about. And Scott was like, you should explain more about games. Yeah. It's a big part of the football game is games. And teams do it a lot when they, when they aren't winning their one-on-ones. That's the problem. As defensive end, I used to get annoyed as fuck. And like, also, I have trouble giving credit to defensive linemen that win with games. Because I'm like, damn, like, you know, uh, I didn't, I wasn't the benefactor of a lot of games. You know, that was just the way we rushed. The, the defenses I was on was like, we weren't running fucking games in, in, in St. Louis. Just win. Yeah. We were just trying to win because everybody could win. Um, but a lot of teams, whether that's the scheme that dictates it or that you're being punished for not winning your one-on-ones, -on -one, one -on and D-line coach will be like, I'll run games with you motherfuckers. Oh, God. And we're like, damn, dude, like I'll just have a wristband. You know, like Russell Wilson has the wristband. I'm just that a pawn already, in your like, scheme. I'll give all you motherfuckers wristbands, and there'll be like eight <laughs> numbers on there. It'll be like, this is a double ET, this is a double TE, this is a three-man game, this is like a, uh, a you know a pass stunt with a, a pirate, I forget, with tank stunt or whatever. There were interior games. Nut where, stunt? What's nut that? Nut stunt. A nut stunt was a nose penetrating, <laughs> as weird as that so is. the two interior guys. Yes, I think a nut stunt was the two guys interior, but like... I called you, them all TTs, You get a shade way. or a nose penetrating and trying to get really vertical up through that A-gap, and then you get the, ta the tackle, who's a three, wrapping around. So you might do a nut stunt, I believe, and I want to might, might want to confirm this. It's a nomenclature thing, Kyle. That's like a nut stunt would be, hey, what the what the Eagles might run right now in a base down because they're three down. You got a zero and you have two threes. So That's you can a nose run, and yeah. two three techniques. Um, and, and so there's a lot of different kinds of games you can run, and uh, I think it's interesting because the the Colts had guys banged up, I believe, up front, you know, uh, defensively this week, and I called Lane. I'm like. How was the game? You guys look like you blocked their asses off. And he's like, well, they ran a lot of games, you know, and uh, I think it's interesting the way O-linemen think about games and the way we think about the games uh, because when I hear a game, I'm kind of like, fuck, man, I want to win. And it's something, what that did both, I do? it's something that both individual periods are heavy invested in mm -hmm. the time spent practicing games. Yep. And then for us, the time spent blocking them. And there's so many different types of games. Yep. That for a surface football fan, it's hard to pick up on. But so anyways, we, we're going to yeah. talk about games a little bit with Lane, and uh, hopefully we didn't butcher him too much. But yeah, it's all language. You know, we all know what what the thing is that we're looking at on the. But I've heard games called fifteen different things, and also the code words get really interesting. Um, I can remember we used to have code words like 
uh, a TE would be, hey, if I say a boy's name, it'd be a TE. If I say a girl's name, it'd be an ET. Uh, or we, we do states. We do states and or in cities, and then you'd be like... Basketball uh, teams yeah, or football teams. Yeah, it, or, yeah, exactly. There were codes, man. There, there was a lot of codes and a lot of like... Sometimes, you know, it was just a look. Like me and Fletch would just look at each other. And that's when you really rush well with a guy. You know, and sometimes we call them naturals. Natural games are a big part of things. When I, I was older it. in my career, and I wasn't the, the, the speed demon that I was when I was 26... You know, Fletch has beat me to a spot in that B gap. Well, what the fuck am I going to do? He's he's with his charge in the B gap. He's resetting the uh, the top of the, the the pocket. You know, like he he's he he's out he's outpaced me to seven yards. So what am I going to run nine yards and run around him and open this big gap? No, like part of it is rushing as a team and coming back underneath him and feeling just that seeing the color. Inside of me, I can be looking at that tackle's outside hand, but if I can see that flash of green... This happened in the double doink game. I'm having flashbacks of the double doink game. Oh, I ran a natural on y'all and just Where there was naturals happen. You hit yeah. Trubisky on that yeah. one play. I remember that like yeah. it was yesterday. And it, and it starts with a defensive tackle getting elite dent into yep. that. Yep, that's what it starts with. And then you've got to have the awareness to know, okay, he's gone. I'm coming underneath. So... There's a lot of ways to get to the same thing. It's a yeah. lot of window dressing to get to the same thing. And I then, wish I had then, a whiteboard. And then one of my favorite things is like people bring, you know, like these pressures where backers will come in and you can run a nut step with a backer. You can run a TE with a backer. You can run an ET with a backer. That's what's so interesting is like, you know, coordinators will get to the same look a different way. Like effectively, I could bring Matt Milano down and Matt Milano could ear hold the fucking, the fucking tackle. Spags and, is setting and, that up right now with yep. the Willie Gay sack from last yep. week. Frank Clark rushed outside, contained rush, opening up the B-gap for Willie yeah. Gay. Mm-hmm. Same thing you're talking about. He's going to ear hold the tackle at some point this season. And that's even harder. And we're going to show that. It's even harder for, for an O-line, I would imagine, because that guy's coming from the second level. He's not in your periphery at the beginning of the play. It's yeah. like that fucker's in coverage, mm-hmm. and then next thing you know, he's in your in your mouth, <laughs> in your face. Yeah, face full of Milano. By the way, Chessmen, the Great. reign supreme, right? Really good. The best Milano. Well, there's mint Milano. There's the best Pepperidge Farm cookie. Mint. Well, people like mint Milanos. People like Milanos. I just like the chess men. I like chess men, too. Because you can play games with them, too. <laughs> you, play, you, know, you do you not play. You play checkers with, with the chess men. You do not man. play with your chess men. I'm just saying it's an idea. You know who loves chess men? Gerald McCoy. Speaking of a guy who get vertical, he's always tweeting me now about these chess men. You know, we over under eight chess men in one sitting. We, you know, like, uh, it's hard, man. You go through a couple sleeves of those sons of bitches. But um, we can rank Pepperidge Farms cookies another time. We got Lane Johnson. Uh... Talk about a lot of football, a lot of ball, a lot of ball. We went to the combine together. I watched him run that four seven. Yep, and just like look around at everybody else, like where the fuck did this show, guy bro. come from? Freak show, planted from Krypton. Some yeah, somewhere not here. People talk Lufkin, about Texas. people talk about the elite level of athleticism often on the defensive side of the ball at receiver at Saquon Barkley. People need to start looking at these offensive linemen and understanding how great of athletes they are. And how they are literally monster hunters out there. Trent Williams. Going against, yeah, but I mean, Lane Johnson. No, Lane Johnson, Trent Williams, like Tristan Wirfs, like these are the best athletes on the field because they can do almost all the things the little guys can do. It's like in Troy when they say, get me your biggest man. (laughs) Give me the most dangerous person you have. Yeah. And they send out, you know, let's just say like uh, Von Miller uh, or Khalil Mack Mm -hmm. or whoever it is. Mm And then they got to go wake up Lane Johnson out of his tent. And he's like, fuck. And he puts on those fucking, uh-huh. you know, he's like, I got to go pave the lane. It's a good one. I've never seen Troy. You should see it. Oh, heck duh. Heck duh. I always tell the story when we had a special teams coach uh, my rookie year and we got ready to play the Bears and uh, Devin Hester was playing. And he used to just stand in front of the projector in the dark room. You know when a coach has the all the people on his face because yes. he's standing in front of the projector. He would stop the meeting and he'd go, Hester! 
and everybody would quake in their boots because they don't want to be the guy, dude. They don't. They don't want to be the guy. Okay, we got Lane Johnson. I got one we, thing from okay. our pregame meeting, yeah, yeah. really quick. Okay, go before ahead. I forget it, so yeah. we were playing the Cowboys in Dallas, and we were at the hotel the night before the game, and they have a big star on the middle of the field. Obviously, Everybody I've never seen that. that. Yeah. So, and the coaches in the meeting have a laser pointer. Right. So one of our veterans, Josh Sitton, thought it would be funny if he brought his own laser pointer to the meeting. And that week in preparation, their nickel we referred to as the star. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like some people call it Joker. And that week it was the star. And our coach kept saying, hey, who's the, where's the star? Find the star. And Josh Sitton would circle the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys star at the middle of the so field. Immature. And, and hide his laser pointer. Yeah. It went on for 30 minutes. It's fucking amazing. Anybody, and nobody wanted to admit, is there another laser pointer in here? Black Friday is here, and I think we all know what that means. It's time to get your cuts essentials for next year. To us at Greenlight, nothing is more essential than some closet staples. That's why we go with cuts. Not only are they some of the best clothes out there, but right now for the next few days only, they're running their 25 to 50% off site-wide Black Friday sale. Cuts makes professional-looking performance apparel so you can feel comfortable at work or out on the town. Every cut shirt is designed to provide a perfectly tailored fit, and they're insanely comfortable. Cuts has perfected the art and science of men's shirts, so you can throw one on and look great without ever thinking twice about it. We've been seeing cuts everywhere lately, and especially on NFL Sunday with Joe Burrow, Rob Gronkowski, Patrick Mahomes, all the goats, they're rocking cuts. That's what they're doing these days. Cuts has totally revolutionized the traditional, outdated t-shirt category. They make it easy to mix and match styles and colors, so you can find the perfect style. Long sleeve Henley? No problem. Short sleeve crew neck? They've got it. Tees, hoodies, polos, and more are all available with Cuts. These are some of the best quality shirts you'll ever own, and they're engineered to last. These aren't fast fashion shirts. These are Cuts. Join hundreds and thousands of men who have already made the simple decision to elevate their wardrobe with Cuts. Get 25 to 50% off your first order by going to cutsclothing.com slash greenlight. That's C-U-T-S clothing.com slash greenlight for up to 50% off the only shirt worth wearing. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted to see what all the hype was about. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash greenlight. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash greenlight to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I don't know where to start, man. This is great. This is like, honestly, this is like uh, being on FaceTime. That's all this is. It's just FaceTime with better technology. Uh, this is uh, the guy that I call when I got, you know, I just want to shoot the shit. This is my good friend, Lane Johnson. And look at that shirt, man. That's a, a thing of beauty. What's on your shirt, Lane? Uh, they passed out in the locker room the other day. Green fellas, uh, referring to, uh, I guess, some boys is getting paid. The green the fellas. The green fellas. Now, who who passed those out, Lane? Was that uh, did I don't even upstairs know. or did Jason Kelsey? Somebody, Probably not upstairs. I don't know. Somebody, I don't know if Jalen had them made, but you'll just find random shirts in your locker and you'll be like, all right, well. I enjoy can, that. Can I get a 2X, bro? Yeah, I'll get you a 2X. You remember, okay. how, you remember how JP used to just go in there and pass out like his own shirts? Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, you the, never know the bodyguard line of clothing. Yeah. Hey, by the way, I haven't seen anybody. I was talking about this when Limbaugh Joseph signed last week and the Eagles put his video up of him walking into the building. I was like, holy shit, I haven't seen somebody command a hallway like that since Jason Peters, bro. How big is that guy in person? And, and, and like, what's it been like seeing him the first week out, out there on the field? Yeah, I mean, he's just like a 55 gallon drum just with arms so just taking up a hallway i mean he does like with the visor him and i wish jp could walk out dressed how he was and them two just like like just face to face have a face off like identical uh but no it was like as soon as he got there um uh, like he came in practiced and 
I mean, he was hitting it pretty hard from the start. I remember, like, even this week, and, like, you know how mock game is. Yeah. I mean, people just, like, stay in their lanes. These guys were, Ugh. So, making the scout team guys work hard. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man, he uh, he played well, and then uh, Sue played well. You're just, you know, those are just, like, two freakly built guys that they're going to they're gonna command attention. And they're totally different guys. I play both those dudes, Lane. Yeah. I mean – and I'm sure you see it in practice and stuff, but Sue would line up at that cocked, uh, cocked pass rush dance and just try to blow up your clavicle. And Linval's just like, I don't care how many humans you send at me, I'm going to hold my ground. Is that kind of what you're seeing in practice too? Yeah, it's like Linval, like sometimes the center will come in and have like good position underneath, but like he'll like grab like the back of their shoulder pads and just pull them forward and just kind of like march his way back there. And then Sue, Sue's so good with like that long arm, and then the club. He's mm-hmm. he's a beast. And he works it in practice too, or is he as violent in practice as we see on Sundays? I don't know. I've only seen like a walkthrough, and then like the other ones, you know, pregame. And he was he was pretty violent in most. <laughs> How of nice it. is yeah. it though for your O line not to have to deal with? Uh, now you guys did have to deal with Jordan Davis in, in training camp, mm. but like not have to like have Linval Joseph show up the first week of August. Not having Dominican Sue show up the first fucking week of August. Yeah, you probably wouldn't need to be in that teeter table as much. <laughs> just, un- <laughs> just lengthening your spine out. Having yeah. those two. Jordan's so big, bro. And, like, he's he's just like a baby. Like, I can't imagine what he's going to be. Like, I'm glad I'm going to be out whenever he's, like, reaching his peak. He's just that big and strong. That's what Limbaugh and, and, and Sue were talking about the other day, just like what he's going to be. So, yeah, man, it's – Hey, one thing about that life, that's, that's, that's for all the centers and guards that played. I, I don't live in that life much. It's two totally different games. It's a different world in there. Yeah, and I, I, I saw right away. And you can't give up any ground. And that's so hard when these guys are different angles. and especially I'm, like glad, I'm glad football. you brought that up, Lane, because so many, I mean, so many football fans think, you know, we grew up thinking blindside, tackle, right or left now yeah. is pretty much the same. But a lot of these offenses are built with the integrity of the interior of the pocket in mind, right? Like the dish. We talk about the dish. So talk yeah. about that, Lane. Uh, yeah, I mean, a quarterback it can adjust to outside pressure by stepping up in the pocket, but just what I said, stepping up in the pocket. So I think being firm in the middle and keeping that. Um, so whether you're under center, especially under center, I mean, you don't, you don't have any leeway to give up any ground if, if the quarterback's throwing a quick slant or anything down the field, they're going to be right in their face. So at guard, you have to be sturdy. And really what the defense is trying to do is, find, is create space amongst the whole setup, as much space as they can, and then penetrate and fucking tee off. So do you, Chris do you, knew all. But like, do you find a big difference, uh, Lane, in the groups you that you prepare for? I mean, there's obviously talent, but then there's groups that rush together. You know, yeah. there's some group groups that just don't rush together. It's like just four independent contractors. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What yeah. What is the biggest difference there? I mean, when you have independent contractors, the main thing is is that the set lines of like the guard and tackle are very similar. Like you can't have a a, a guard setting too firm at the line and a, and a tackle just setting really far back. Um, there has to be some level of, of ground gain where you have rooms to operate, especially for the, all the games. Yeah. So, like, there's some teams you can jump set and the ball's out quick and you can get away with, like, a stunt. But if you're dropping back and, like, our coach doesn't like a whole lot of width, like space between the guard and the, and the uh, tackle. Because a, a lot like what the Patriots ran, like a late U stunt, mm-hmm. and that guy's like, already flush with the quarterback, so all he has to do is make a right-hand turn and he's in his lap. So it's like – and it's hard to stop, especially the more width they get. Like the the guard has to set with width, and the tackle. I mean, it's it's really like a chess game. That's one. That's game. one thing I've I've always uh, tried to emphasize to young players: guards and particularly tackles, especially especially the tackles you're fucking lining up with at practice or in games. Is more width doesn't. It's not good. Like I know you see all these guys taking these cool pass sets on TikTok, and they they all yeah. want to be Lane Johnson, but. The best thing to yeah. do is not string out the protection and not get a bunch of width, to your point. No, and I mean, the really, I feel like key factors, which, it, like I said, it's easy, it's easy to say, it's hard to do, is just maintaining squareness and, like, even the hinge point of where, like, your hinge in is a big deal. Uh, it, like, if you set shallow and you're getting beat at one and a half yards versus, you know, or two and a half yards versus four and a half, that's a lot wider hump for, you know, the defender having to run. So it's just... 
for us, I feel like it's all about setting lines and angles. And then the D-line, they have independent contractors and then mix them up with a game every now and then. So, like, I know going into a game, the main thing I'm looking for is is the stunts. That's, like, really very high on my list. Other than that, it's like some guys are going to give away moves. Like, say, if it's a spin, like, a lot of the good guys won't, like, show, like, that cross-chop arm and then spin inside. Some guys will just kind of, like, ghost it. Uh, but, yeah, it's just – it's two total different games. You got seven on seven, and then you have just you know the the guys in the middle just just boxing each other pretty much. Hey, Parsons does that spin where he'll run right up and give you a kiss and fucking spin, dude. It's not like there's dude, a he's so, he's so quick. Like he reminds me of Vaughn just with his twitch, mm-hmm. and now he's starting to figure out like the hand usage, you know, because he he was just new to the position. He's got a lot of bursts, man. If you can set up everything with speed, uh. Like, even Vaughn, like, Vaughn isn't the biggest guy. He's, like, 250, but he sets it up with so much speed that he can get a, somebody, like, so far back on their heels and just make them look fuck, just make them look silly. Just with one finger. It, it's all timing. And you, yeah. you were talking yeah, about when it opened. That's the same Tree's thing as opening. Over. Yeah. When, when, you, when you open up early lane, I feel like it does put you in a position to be a, a one-hand bull rush uh, receiver, you know, like – when you get to your point, you were saying stay square, and I think that's a huge yeah. thing is staying square because you as a rusher probably, Chris, are thinking, oh, he's giving me something or I can take this because yeah. he's open here. Yep. If you get a guy like Vaughn and you're in, you're in panic mode on the speed, mm-hmm. you open up and then he can press your button with one foot in the ground. Right, because you're all your weight's on your, uh, on your upfield foot. Oh yeah, you know naturally because you're running up the field, and I never really got people moving like that. That's got to be an amazing feeling to be able to just put a you know like and and a lot of being a bull rusher is timing though. Like you know like that was my game late in my career, and I wasn't the fastest guy in the world. But there's still opportunities for timing even if you're not fast. Yeah, if you if you could burst up the field for five yards, and then once you see that tackle starting to turn, like you would hook guys right there in the inside shoulder, prime open. Yep. Um, that's where you're weak at. Yep. No question. Hey, this weekend was fun, man. It was fun to watch. I know it wasn't fun for three quarters, but I think, you know, like I loved what Jalen said a couple weeks ago um, at the podium talking about, hey, we've been leaving money on the table. We've been repeat offenders here. Like we, because um, it just, it it showed leadership and going into that game where you knew it was going to be tough. You know, you guys made some mistakes a little bit early. I mean, I, I look up and you're first and 35. Like, crazy shit is happening. Uncharacteristic shit is happening. But the way you guys pulled together at the end of that ball game, I feel like that's worth going through the, the bullshit for a couple weeks. It's worth, it's worth, like, making those mistakes right now for the experience of getting it right, especially on the road. And, you know, I, I kind of wonder how you look at that game now that's in the rearview mirror. Uh, I mean, well, it's all learning. Like, you look at last year, how we started off, like, two and six, just in a really shitty position. So, just really fighting and scratching uh, to really find, you know, I feel like we were a much better second-half team, but it took a while to find kind of what was our formula. And then with Jalen just having, like, every great quarterback has great receivers. Like, every one of them has had great weapons to throw to. But just having, you know, with Dallas, uh, you know, I feel like he was, you know, having an all-pro year, really, yeah. with what he was doing having AJ, having those guys to spread the field out and then run the football to complement it. Uh, yeah, I just feel like, yeah, we're dangerous in those aspects. But just like I feel like this past week was very, like, uncharacteristic, kind of like what happened the week before. So just little stuff, you know, shooting yourselves in the foot and uh, and really making the game harder than what it needs to be. But I, to me, I feel like the defense won that game for us. Whenever they needed stops, uh, I feel like they played a hell of a game. And just those guys coming in, helping – like the rotation, they don't understand how much of a ro- – like if you have like solid guys playing and then you have – are you you just have that rotation to where there is no drop-off, that's that's the hardest teams to go up to. They just have arsenal because usually like the ace – you know, the first string and the second string, there is a big difference, Yeah, I feel like. Yeah, no, and there there isn't – I mean like, you know, you, you bring in Robert Quinn, you bring in – Limbaugh, you bring in Sue, you've got Josh Schwett, you have Brandon Graham, you have Hassan Reddick, who Reddick has made so many like big plays in big moments this year. I was down at the the Jacksonville game. Like when you needed a rush there, he 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 made it happen. You know, fast forward to this Sunday, third and five down in the red zone. Like that's an enormous down because that that game's out of reach if they get in the end zone. And 
I just feel like he's showed up a great deal. Can you talk about what Hassan Reddick brings to the table and like um, you get to pl- practice against him a little bit and what do you see out on the yeah. field? Yeah, man, he's super quick. You know, he's probably 6'2", 250. Yeah. And, I mean, he moves. He has that, you know, that twitch to him. But he has a really good, you know, obviously going up the field and then um, like his jab out move, like the fake in jab out uh, and dipping. I just feel like that's where he's got most of his sacks. And, and he keeps that up and then occasionally hits him with a game. He's, just, he's crafty and he's, he's super – Athletic, I mean, he can bend. He's got those traits. But, uh, yeah, him and then having Sweat. I mean, you see what Sweat's doing and going up the field, then getting the tackle to overset and just burst inside so quickly. He's uh, it is creating a lot of pressure. And Sweat's not got huge numbers this year, but Sweat jumps off the tape every time I watch him. Yeah, yeah just look at, like, the disruption chart. That's like – like, even BG, like, I feel like in his years – um, didn't get the credit he deserved because the sack numbers weren't there. But you go to like pressures and and all that, he was nearly you know close to the top for years. Yeah. What do you make of uh, metrics like that when you're looking at a pass rusher? Obviously, you think something of it, but there's some people that say like, "Hey, if you're not getting home, it doesn't matter." I disagree. I mean, yeah. partially because I, yeah. I, I think it all boils down to how much attention are they getting? Like, yeah. are they getting chipped a lot? Are they trying to get stopped? Because at the end of the day, that's the coordinator spending time saying, "Hey, we got to account for this guy." So I think that's. The biggest, like, I guess, nod to a player. Yeah. Like, look at Aaron Donald, like, always double teamed. He's not going to have a play where somebody, two people aren't accounting for him. And probably, you know, Miles Garrett, there's just certain players like that that, that command that. What makes Chris Jones really tough? Because there's a lot of chatter about him maybe taking the crown as the best interior yeah. defensive lineman. I saw Schwartz and Joe Thomas talking about it this week. And I, I'm not really into, like, hey, this guy's better than that guy because they're so different, him yeah. and Aaron. So but, but what what is it when you when you're kinda, lined up with Chris Jones in a wide three? He kind of reminds me of Fletch, but maybe uh, mm. longer. You know, having longer, um, you know, longer arms, maybe a little bit taller, but pretty similar just to um, their style of play. He's just he's a big dude, man. He's athletic. I'll, I'll say this about I'll say this about Chris Jones, Lane. Um, He's he's a guy that sets up his power with his speed, and he's twitchier than he is. He's twitchier than he looks, and he's faster yeah. than he looks, and he's yeah. quicker. His get off is incredible. His ability to turn get off is his his ability to turn his upper body sideways to minimize surface area for an offensive lineman, and then simultaneously keep his hips square and be advancing into your enemy territory. That's what Chris Jones does really well to me, and Fletcher. Is just a fucking bull. He's yeah. a bully. Yeah. He's gonna he's gonna make it a fist fight. If if he thinks he can edge you, he's gonna edge you. But if he thinks it's gonna benefit him to get yeah. in your chest, he will. Chris Jones wants to attack edges. That's where he makes his hay. People see yeah. this big long guy and they think it's power, but it's it's speed. And he's running, speed setting he's, up his he, wins. He's standing straight up. Like it's, and he's it's, a great tackler in the run. You know Chris Jones opts out of that stupid fucking drill where we try to get under the red the red <laughs> thing, you know, in D-line individual where they're like, keep your pads down. And he might like, jump over it. He's like, fuck this shit. I'll do it just the way I'm doing it. Yeah, Fletch is always, like, his get-off is tremendous, but he would either long-arm you, and then once you do that, he would hump the shit out of you and go and club you inside. <laughs> yep. But yep. really just the first three steps are up the field and pretty violent. Who's the guy this year that you played that you were surprised at, at – how good they were. I mean, you've only given up seven pressures on the year. I, I feel like every time you're on here and every time I get a chance to talk about you, I don't think people realize how dominant you've been. So I'm not saying guys are beating you, but you can definitely feel who's got juice. Who's somebody who yeah. surprised you? Um, I mean, nobody really. I mean, going into Minnesota, you got Zadarius and you got uh, uh, Daniil Hunter. So those guys, like I played against those guys before, I already knew what was coming. But really, just the Cowboys uh, with Demarcus and uh, and Micah. Do Micah's fast? He's he's got that Bob Miller type speed. The way I see him, he's like a little bobcat, bro. He's 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 not overly long. He's just gonna he's gonna either dip around you so low to where you're not you know you're not gonna touch him. And then once you get to lean in too much, he'll spin inside. But he all he all sets it up with just what do you run a four three four three four four? Yeah. So, yeah, it's alien stuff. Just so a he, little bit faster than yeah. you, Lane. So how big? Yeah, just a little bit. Hey, Lane, how 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 big is he on the field? Like, is he bigger than you think? Kind of because you yeah. know there's yeah, certain I mean, guys you see on TV six. and then you walk by him. Chris Jones was one. He's a big dude. 
Yeah, I mean, Mike is what, probably 6'1", 6'2"? He's bigger than you think. Yeah, he's bigger than you think. Yeah. The Trent Williams stance thing. Did you see this thing on the internet? Everybody talking about, oh, Trent Williams is giving away. What do you think about that whole thing? Hey, he ain't doing – they're not doing a whole lot to stop him. (laughs) (laughs) I just think he kind of does what the hell he wants. And uh, (laughs) But, no, I mean, but when you look at every tackle – there's, there is a slight adjustment, like, with either the width of it. Like, you try to conceal it as much as you can, but a lot of times it's not exactly the same. But, I mean, as far as, like, tendencies, yeah, I mean, he's probably going to be more aware of it, but maybe a little bit wider in the run game than it is past. But I feel like even for us, like, we have a guy that analyzes us, and so, like, usually my stance is off by, like, a, uh, they say, like, a foot. So we have a guy that charts Jordan and, Jordan and I. So... I mean, it's kind of similar. But, yeah, I mean, I've, I remember when we were playing the Patriots here in preseason a couple of years ago, and I realized that I was tipping off my stance. And so, and then once I figured it out, um, you can use it to your advantage. So, like, I remember we were playing the Giants a couple of years ago, and and I think they were – I think Connor was reading off my stance. And so we were running outside zones to the right. And so I just got in a pass stance and just kicked off the line, and he just ran himself out of the play, which is <laughs> like a pussy way of doing it, but it's like a – you know, hey, the guy's hey, getting bro, out of the way. That's amazing. You you draw set at him. You draw set at him on outside zone. I yeah. got, I love that yeah. shit. Yeah. So that's it's either gonna level. go really good or really bad for you, but <laughs> God, I love that. Really good or really bad. You could say it was an ME if if uh, yeah. Um. <laughs> so I, a couple a couple weeks ago, this does not surprise me, but you were pretty forthright about. You were like, hey, I'm gonna do this one. Maybe I'll do two more. Like, you know, how much of an exact science is that in your head like you know like how much longer you want to play is it is that just a kind of a hey we'll see what happens but this is what i'm thinking or do you have like goals where you want to be out by a certain time and what do you want to do by the time you get out yeah i want to uh i mean i said two years i mean a lot of it's just my kids are getting older and just my parents are getting older and, and you realize that you know through a lot of your years you're not around your friends and family as much as you'd like so now you get an opportunity to do it so it's like you're living your best life now. Brandon Brooks is living his best life. He, he'll, they'll just send us pictures, and it's like, you know, I'm looking like I'm living through y'all because for so many years, I don't know, you put, you put your identity in the game, and I think yeah. getting out of it is – I'm looking forward to it. So I'm saying Bro, two more but years. I'm not, I'm not doing anything special. You, whenever you see me, I'm on my porch. <laughs> you're like, man, that looks fucking sick. Yeah, but you're not on somebody else's porch. You're right. You're right. Hey. You're not, and you're not uh, out there on that turf, son, bitching no, about how you're that all... slip film. No, I know, yeah. I know. You're not worried it's... about your fucking sacrum hurting. You mm. were, yeah, my sacrum. How do you remember that? My sacrum was always sideways. Because I remember how you were walking. That's how you developed the dance. <laughs> you were walking around the house like that, kind of stiff. Uh huh. Yeah, because it was hard at the end, man. But uh, but yeah, you will miss some shit, though. I mean, I, I if I had any advice, we talk about this all the time. You know, I wouldn't make too many plans. I would just take it one year. To, I miss to, it every day. Kyle Lane. misses it I miss every football every day. Hey, you miss bullshitting with the guys. That's I'm, what it no, is. No, I miss bullshitting with the guys the most, obviously, and being around guys like yourself. And there weren't many like you that I got to be around, but I miss playing the game. I really do miss playing the game, you know, and that's something that doesn't get talked about playing, you know. Mm-hmm. I miss practicing. I miss a Friday practice and getting a good lather. I miss a mock game with some good laughs. Yeah, you know see, saying? I don't miss any of that shit. I just miss competing. Yeah, see, yeah, I, I miss, hated competing. I miss having to compete. I just want to be buddies with <laughs> just everybody. just want to be friends. And fuck them up. But, you know, you watch games <laughs> on Sunday. Like, you guys, there's no way to replicate that competitive juice that you guys got going on out there. There's just nothing out here laying on this side of the Zoom that's going to. Yes. You're there's right. nothing, dude. Just I think I need to you. go get out more and travel more. That's what I. That's what I'm going to Italy uh, for the first time. Never been to Europe. You know, boat, been to sail Europe? around a little bit. Go to just travel. You been to Europe other than uh, on Goodell's dime? No. You got, first, I'm going that. for the first time, dude. I'm excited. We don't we, we don't talk about that London trip. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we ignored every, everything science based and got down to sport sports science whenever as soon as we landed. <laughs> um, another one that came up this week was the snow game. In Buffalo, and the last time there was a big-ass snow game, I feel like everybody remembers it's 2013, 
and it was Detroit and uh, and the Eagles. And I can remember watching in the locker room, having no idea um, that I get to know everybody on the TV so well. And now I can ask you, how the fuck was that game, Lane? Uh, and and do you like playing in snow? Like when you saw this blizzard forming up in Buffalo, were you like, yeah, those guys should play or not? Nah? I was like, yeah, they should play. And then I saw, I mean, if they could get all the snow out there, but like ha- people are going to have to get some huskies and fucking sled dogs to get down there. No yeah. way you're driving. But I feel like there would be people walk. I mean, there's plenty of people close that would walk to that damn game. Uh, but I don't know how you keep it out. So whenever we played, I remember going out in warm-ups and it wasn't like – wasn't too bad and then we went in you know probably 20 minutes and you know the pregame speech and we walked out and it was just like a foot and a half we're going like what the hell and all I remember is like I didn't have any studs I didn't or I wore like regular studs and everybody was still slipping in and LaShawn went in that halftime dude he came out with like some damn quarter and a half inch studs and that's the reason why he he was doing I feel like doing so good because Uh everybody else was slipping (laughs) So he had basically like the screw ins, which are snow tires and DB, on. DBs and like skill guys tires. usually don't. It was that yeah. slick. Like it was, it was ridiculous. It was, it was so fun though. It was like you're outside with your buddies bullshitting because all of it was off. I mean, you were moving the ground around you just to get footing. Cool. And sometimes the non, this non snow games always hurt my body more in terms of like feeling cold than when it's snowing at least you got something to fucking look up. at it but also <laughs> softens the ground up a little bit i feel like unless that ground's frozen underneath it Ugh. um <laughs> and i kind of wonder as a tackle are you looking yeah i'm thinking about week 17 our super bowl year you remember that week we talk about it often here the we played the cowboys remember how cold it was uh it was... that fucking field was so hard but like if it's pouring down rain and you're in the hotel the night before a game, the surface is going to be wet. Okay, say like the Jacksonville game this year. Yeah. Are you looking at that as a positive or a negative uh, the night before a game? Well, like a positive for me because they say that's Lyman weather. Oh, we're going to run the ball more, which means less stress from a pass rush. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I really didn't buy it. You get home, but I was like, uh, I think it does soften up the field a lot. I think it does. Yeah. But no, I don't. Yeah. I don't mind that. I don't mind that. Nick Sirianni, man, can you talk about his leadership and kind of what he brings to the table? I, I, you know, people were all on him about the press conference. Obviously, that's ancient history. I've never seen a guy who seems to command a room full of like alphas. I mean, because there's a lot of alphas on that Eagles team. Uh, so well, so quickly. I felt like as soon as I was texting y'all last year, people were like, "He's the he's he's that dude." We really we rock with him, and and we will follow him. What is it about him? I think he's just being himself. Uh, you know, I think he's a great communicator. One thing that I like that he does is like after every practice, like for every play, you have like who fucked up on the play. So and even if the coaches fuck up, they'll put their names on there. So we've been doing that. And at first, you're like. Fuck, this is getting old. But after a while, I mean, I think it, I think it does make the team better. And but most importantly, it goes down to communication, like with everybody. So like he'll say, "Hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about?" So I feel like you have a lot more influence than maybe you know the old uh, team uh, council did. You know, leadership council. Leadership council. Sorry, yeah. not the yeah. not the beta club. The uh, gifted and talented. Yeah. Well, why the fuck was I up there for a couple of those weeks? Um, so, savvy leader, so. Yeah, yeah, savvy. Um, what Nick Sirianni? Would you say six three or six four? Uh, he's probably six two. I mm. thought he was like my height almost, dude. He really was. When I met him, I was shocked. We were looking eye to eye. He was taller than I thought. Yeah, I mean, he's probably. I don't know. I'll go. I'll, I'll go. Uh, yeah. Make you measure in tomorrow. I think he's six, six two, six three. He brought all six two, six three up to the the front row of the uh, the, the Colts fans, didn't Colts. he? What was he? Hey, he might have been. He might have been seven foot six <laughs> while he was walking up there. I didn't. I didn't see that till until uh, a few minutes ago. I knew. I knew he liked Frank, but he didn't really talk about any of that in the meetings. But hey, oh, he loved Frank. He, Evidently, he hey, loved Frank. Hey, I love Frank. Hey, apparently he loved him maybe even more. <laughs> what tell tell us about Frank? Because like you know, you, people talk about Frank when when Frank got hired. I want to give him his flowers after he gets fired too. Like let's talk yeah. about Frank and how great a coach he was in Philly. And do you think you'll see him coaching again 
at a high level as a head coach or something. Yeah, he kind of has like that demeanor of like a Liam Neeson demeanor, like with kind of his looks and how he talks. Uh, but like he doesn't use any profanity. And I don't know, you just have respect for him when he talks about, you know, he was a, like a known backup quarterback, known for doing well, working hard. But I don't know, just uh, I guess his style is is what I liked about yeah. it. He's he's really big on the linemen, giving them attaboys, that type of stuff. So I don't know. Where you know, where a stout, you go in, go in there, and it's just uh, you know, machine guns flying, letting them fly. Yeah, stout. How does stout get on y'all after a game like last game where you guys did a pretty good job? Like you know, and there's nothing to. Uh, I know there's always uh, something goes, to rip someone's ass about. Yeah, no, he probably goes yeah. harder just because he feels like if you give anybody any sugar, well, now you're gonna get big headed and you're gonna get lazy. That that type of mentality. So. Just really a lot of screaming. I mean, a lot of sometimes it'll be at, at the older guys, not not that much, but it's just always constant. I mean, you used to hear him walking through the halls. He's I hear him through the fucking he, wall. Yeah, through the walls, and a lot of times he'll coach the older player through a younger player. You know, right? So oh, he'll and that's that, just that's tough game. to watch when you're sitting there not getting coached, but it is about you, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're watching buddy yeah. that's like been there three weeks, and he's like. This is how we fucking do it here. Mm-hmm. We say it every day. Yep. You know, and yeah. you're just oh, wearing it through the guy. Yeah, and yeah, Stout, um, Stout like is one of the best coaches in the game for people listening that don't know. I mean, if not, he's probably the best O-line coach in the game. Um, and, and just a fucking fun guy to be around. Like, he's just, he's kind of prickly, but he's a really sweet, down-to-earth person at the same time. And if you can catch him in the lunchroom, it's a great conversation. But if you see him on the field, he might just mumble at you. Am he's I funny. He's like, right? Robert he's like Robert De Niro meet the parents, like just stern <laughs> at first. And then once he opens up. And then uh, Panunzio is Joe Pesci. That's what they look like walking around the, the building. <laughs> I bet you would, Panama Red. Hey, I wanted to ask you, Lane. I, I got to play with uh, Creed Humphrey last year. And yeah. You know, an absolute beast as a rookie, quiet. You know, he always had the Chick-fil-A on time. He never bitched about rookie duties. And he went out and he manhandled people. Uh, what have you seen from Creed Humphrey in the last two years? And uh, what do you know about him? You know him at all? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, we trained together a few times, but he's he's there in Oklahoma City. So, I see him all the time. He, uh, man, I think he was like, I don't know if he's a state champion wrestler, but he might, I think he might have been a state champion in Oklahoma. Uh, when he wrestled. So I think a lot of that background translates. Like you remember Logan Mankins, uh, I think the guard for the uh, Patriots all those years. Um, so, yeah, he's just really strong and he has really good feet. So, and I, and I think he has pretty long arms for a center. So, uh, you know, he's got a lot of power. And then he's, I think his initial quickness, change of direction, he's, he's, uh, he's pretty athletic. He's very athletic. But he's a guy that's, you know, I think he's going to be, you know, probably a future Hall of Famer if he doesn't get hurt. Yeah, he has wow. he has that type of, he has that type of potential. I think. Speaking of future Hall of Famers that play center, um, can we talk? Just sometimes I'll just call and be like, "How's Kelsey doing?" Just tell, talk to me about Kelsey. Just tell me what's going on with Kelsey this week. I feel like he's he's the most interesting man in the world now. He's got a podcast. You know, he's funny, he's throwing out first pitches. Yeah, he's so funny. And, and, like, the stories I hear about, like, him in meetings and, like, just what's Kelsey's mood like this week and what's the last funny thing that Kelsey did? Uh, the temperature gauge. So, fuming. He's not fuming. He's uh, he's probably about – it's just he's probably like this. There will be sometimes <laughs> like he'll be good all week joking around and then there will be something wrong with the game plan he doesn't like and then he'll just – that is so stupid. And just sit there and he has, he has a deal where he'll sit back. If he gets mad, he'll just kind of – just biting his once, I see, once I see this start moving like a uh, ventriloquist puppet, <laughs> not a good, not a good day, bro. <laughs> you remember he kicked the trash can? We talk about that on this podcast sometimes. Remember he attacked the trash can in the indoor? He kicked me. He kicked me well, like that trash can. I hit his helmet uh, and walked through, and so we called him all up, and he's over there just throwing the buckets around looking for it. And then he's, he knows I'm, he knows I did it. So he picks it up, charges me, and acts like he's like about to just punt me. And he hits my knee. And then he, <laughs> he practices. And at the end of practice, like I think I broke, so I think I broke my foot, foot on this dickhead over here. And so he goes and gets an MRI. 
He doesn't go to meetings. He always has to get an MRI. But I remember when he kicked me. <laughs> Chip didn't really see him, and uh, and Stout didn't really see him. I think Chip goes, what the fuck was that about? Stout goes, I, I don't know. <laughs> and then, hey, I remember we were doing, we were doing the practice in the stadium. This shit is fun, dude. We were doing the practice in the stadium, and, like, we never do the bag drills. We're, like, we're just shuffling, like the D linemen do. And I think, I don't know if he tripped and mm. fell over one, but he got it and kicked that bitch up into the stands. They were passing around like a beach ball. <laughs> <laughs> he just gets angry, dude. He just, he just has a – he's the sweetest person on the planet, but he also has the no, shortest fuse. No, Lord of the Rings no, like had a character named Gimli. That's him. Huh? He turns into Gimli, yeah, he turns Gimli from into Lord Gimli of the Rings. Gimli and Hagrid, <laughs> like a mixture. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like Hagrid walking around there. Uh, but no, he's just one of those guys he like cares. So, like, there's people that care a lot about this game, then there's guys that are just like, whoa, he he cares more than me. He cares more than everybody. Yeah. He just – he <laughs> he loves football. But, no, he's a – He's a fun ass. We have fun there back there in the back row. Isaac's Isaac's like super smart and won't talk, but when he does say say something, it'll be something pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, Landon's back there with about five zins in his mouth. Jordan Malata's up there. <laughs> what with, flavor? What flavor zin is Landon? Is he, I don't know. He's got a green can. He's got a couple of blue ones. He's just he's zinning and mint. Uh huh. I thought he would have been Winton. like a straight guy, you know. Winter green um, and mint green. Like a, yeah. Um, uh, Malata's sitting there with five X shorts on, but they look like they're <laughs> look like they're larges on him. Uh, he's just <laughs> he's that so big. big, bro. Dude, I'll dude. just look. I'll be in my chair and I'll just like do this over here and look at this dude. I'm like, this fucking dude is from a different. He's from the Jurassic period. <laughs> he's, he's huge. He's got, I remember, he's got I remember, I'll never forget seeing on Sports Center that we signed this guy. I just come out of the woods. I was camping. I was eating at a diner. I was all hungover. And I was getting ready to come back to OTAs. And I'm like, are you fucking serious? Do I have to set an edge on this motherfucker? <laughs> he's big, bro. He's like 375, lean, just. And he's gotten better, bro. Yeah. I remember before I left, I remember how good he was getting. And now, like, he signs this big deal. He's up there as one of the better tackles in the in the league right now. Yeah, he's I mean, he's got really good quickness for somebody that size. So when he gets off the ball and gets to a certain like get set into a spot, no, I don't think nobody's going to beat him. Especially, dude, he's he's just different. Like if you're around somebody that big, he just it's like his legs are like the size of fucking trash cans. Yeah, dude's huge. It's like, As it's is like Landon Dickerson. That kid's like a monster. Vita Vea, those dudes are different. was on the show last week, and and I'm yeah, just marvel at how how big that cat is. Talk about your quarterback, man. Um, obviously, he's making all the plays on the field, but I do feel like from a leadership standpoint, this guy is light years ahead of any young quarterback that I've seen in recent memory. Uh, what's his style of leadership day-to-day in the building? And, you know, what's he all about? And, you know, like, why do people listen when he speaks? Uh, he's quiet most of the time. Uh, he works hard. And uh, when he, when, you know, we break it down at the end of practice, he says some stuff with some substance in it and, like, you know, really kind of put you on the right track where some guys will bullshit and break it up. He's always serious with that. And then uh, I think just really how he handles himself. I mean, he works. And uh, he, I, I tell I bullshit with him and say, you're like, you're like Ivory Christian from uh, Friday Night Lights, Preacher Man. That's kind of his demeanor. And then he'll smile a little bit after we win and say, you know, say good job and then on to the next. But really just uh, works hard and playing good. But really, uh, yeah, I, I like people that, I mean, he's kind of quiet. I like that. One thing I yeah, appreciate. Yeah, I'll try to work on shutting the fuck up then. One thing I appreciate about Jalen <laughs> is uh, is how, how fucking jacked he is. And he's not just jacked like genetic. He works his ass off in the off season. I know you guys are buddies, and you spend a lot of time together off the field in a training capacity. Give me a give me a you know a look into what that's like training with your quarterback, and he wants to train with a Hall of Fame tackle. You yeah. know, he used to uh, he used to power lift, so I think he was like squatting five hundred in like high school. He's like super big, super strong lower body. Uh, but now all the quarterbacks, like he's strong upper body, but all the quarterbacks now are doing like the Tom House. They're worried about – you see all the different drills they do pregame, doing all this. 
So a lot of what his stuff is 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 core. He likes to front squat. He likes to back squat. He likes to do trap bar deadlifts. And then all that other shit is, is football, just uh, the Tom House stuff, the rotation, uh, rotational core. Is Bro, it, is is it good to have a quarterback that wants to train with O-lineman? It's, it's really fucking like, good in the red zone. Look at this yeah. guy in the fucking red zone. I wouldn't want to tackle him in the red zone. You guys gave him the ball seven times in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I think uh, just how that strength helps, especially late in the season. Uh, yeah, he's a load to bring down. You know, he's 225. But, yeah, man, he, he's got he's strong-ass legs. I mean, he does. He can he can squat with the lineman, probably heavier if he wanted to. But I feel like he's at a point where it doesn't. Uh, you have like diminishing returns. You start going too heavy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Chris believes in the, in not squatting. Well, I, I had no choice. <laughs> My back. My sacrum. Not everybody was, you know. Not everybody was born with that. Touched control. by the gods and, and good posture, <laughs> like Zeus. Yeah, Zeus, Zeus is over Kyle, there. I would get videos from Zeus here. Hey, speaking of squat, Kyle, hey, that video you sent me of Kyle like front squatting four hundred five, like yes. one thirty five. Hey, that's that kind of <laughs> exactly, bro. I can't front squat two twenty five without my back going without out. My sacrum just fucking locking up. Oh my god, dude! You know, what? I think my sac my sacrum's locking up just sitting here talking to you <laughs> two fucking behemoths. Uh, Lane Johnson, man, uh, good luck to the uh, to the Almighty Eagles, uh, number one in the NFC East. I can't wait for this week. I can't wait for Christmas. That's going to be a showdown. Pave Keep, the lane, bro. Pave the fucking lane, man. Pave the lane. Thanks for the time, Lane. Thank y'all, boys. Y'all, uh, y'all take it easy. Yeah, we got uh, the Packers in Tennessee, so two good two good teams. Hopefully, gonna get you some ayahuasca. Hey, I'm going to ask him for the hookup after the game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Take care, bro. All right, guys. Thanks, Lane. Yeah! You the tone guy, I'm kidding. I'm gonna fight you with my friend.